Welcome to the Generation Influencer Podcast. I am your host, Sean Hanif, CEO of Athlete, where we help influencers launch their own brands. We've been quite successful over the last two years, with the company now being worth $10 million. And our clients have a combined following of $20 million, which gives us a lot of experience in this industry. This podcast is all about showing how influencers are also entrepreneurs and how they should be thinking of themselves as businesses. We break down everything from how to grow your channel, monetization strategies, marketing, and what it really takes to grow and scale your business to the next level. Let's get into this episode. Welcome to the podcast. Today's podcast, we have a special guest, Brandon Harding. What's going on, guys? I actually met him almost a year ago, and since then, we've done a few products and it's gone off to do really well. From knowing him and how he is, like his perspective on the way he goes about like sharing his content and the amount of effort he puts in, I thought he'd be a perfect person to kind of like go into detail with what it's really like being an influencer, the hard work you have to put in to actually keep creating consistent content and actually caring about the people that follow you. With that being said, Brandon, so why don't you just give us a little bit of introduction about yourself? Um, what's going on, guys? Uh, my name is Brandon Richard Harding. I am from the UK, a small town called Bromsgrove. That's where I grew up, um, just outside the city of Birmingham. The background I kind of come from, regular guy, went to school, you know, went through the paces, didn't really know what I wanted to do, got to high school, found my friends, so I like found myself a little bit more. And then leaving high school, I... So I like, didn't really know what I wanted to do. Doing this right now, having fallen into this world of social media and everything, it's kind of crazy because it's not what I planned on doing. But I truly don't think that I could have fallen into a better world though because of the abundance of like, like-minded people and experiences that I've had in just, just like such a short time that I've been in this world so far. So yeah, kind of like accidentally fell into it. We'll go more about into that a bit later. Right now, I am a YouTuber, kind of Instagrammer. Um, YouTube is my like main forte. Um, I record my life. I document my experience and my journey as I go through every day, just to present my life in as much of an interesting way as possible. So I record the highlights of my days, piece them together to create this reel of highlights um, to make as much of an interesting video as possible, emphasizing the life that I live, uh, therefore doing my best to motivate other people to live a emphasized life, a fulfilling life, which is what I try to push in my videos. Um, but yeah, that's what I do. I make YouTube videos and post the odd picture on Instagram now and again. <laughs> um, I guess, so how old are you now? Uh, I'm currently 21, just turned 21, January 5th, so like 12 days ago-ish. Nice. Um, when did you actually start then vlogging? When did, when did the YouTube channel start? Wow. All right, so I made a YouTube channel about two years ago. The way it kind of happened was when I was 16, started the gym, just like tried to build my physique over two years, um, turned 18, started posting more pictures on Instagram, um, progressing pictures, all that kind of thing. And then I was making these 15 second posing updates for Instagram when, when Instagram was like backdated and you can only upload 15 second videos. And then I, I found YouTube and I didn't watch any YouTubers. I didn't watch anyone. I didn't know what anyone posted or what it was to be cool on YouTube. I just like knew of the odd guy like PewDiePie you know big YouTubers but I just used YouTube as the platform like as an, just another social media platform to post on like Snapchat everything else Facebook I just saw it as like oh I've got these 15 second physique updates why not post them on YouTube in doing so subscribers started to come in likes comments people became more interested in oh how did you gain that physique what do you eat what do you do in the day what time do you sleep how much do you sleep like little things and 
then I started to try my best awkwardly to answer these questions in the vlogs, like really like tripping over my own tongue, really like nervously, but eventually like fell into a system, my like vibe, I guess, because eventually you do something enough, you fall into a certain like vibe create your own like persona then i started to watch other fitness like youtubers and stuff and i came across this like girl had like four thousand subscribers and i had like none and i was like wow she's famous wow four thousand god if only i like watched her as like oh this is how to be cool on social media be natural be like yourself be like record the weird things that you do in front of the bathroom in the mirror in the morning when you're brushing your teeth like what do you do you're kind of weird i started to record that stuff and then people started to i guess get more inclined to watch my videos because they could relate to like the weirdness of it all and all that kind of thing that's how it all began kind of accidentally just fell onto it another social media platform to post on and then i began influenced by the youtubers to then being shown what to do and then i kind of like just fell into my own way and started to record the things that I wanted to record and start watching other YouTubers and then concentrated more on the content that I wanted to produce. And in doing so, found myself creating, like trying to live a more exaggerated day. Like I'd wake up in the morning and I'd be like, I've got no plans today, but I want to record a video, so I need to make plans. Like I fell in love with it because it was forcing me to live more life. So it really was like the navigator for my daily activities. Like I would be like, okay, today, this is what I want to do for a video. I got a comment on my last video. I should create a video on that. And then it kind of just like came a snowball effect, like the domino effect. You just like one idea leads to another, one thought leads to another thousand thoughts. And then it just became an endless reel of possibilities of ideas. And then you kind of don't run out and then you give people what they want in the comment section and silver line that with your own finesse. And then you got your, your vlogs and that's kind of how it, kind of all began you know I guess um, just to break that down more because I really want to focus on like different aspects of that so so you're saying you started when you were like 18, 19 so most people at that age would be like you know so they were going to university or they were doing something because you just touched upon like I would wake up and I would like cool what video I'm going to make today but most people probably don't think like that because, like, they're trying to do something else. So were you, like, not doing anything else? You had already decided, I'm going to push this full-time? Like, See, was what was going on? When I left school when I was 16, I wanted to travel. I knew that. And when I left school, I knew that's what I wanted to do. So I said to my mom, I want to travel. What do I do? It was like, oh, you know, go work at your stepdad's company. Lucky enough in the family, there is a family business. And my mum my was like, oh, go do that. You know, you don't need to go to uni. You don't need to do anything. You're set for life. Great. And I was like, okay, then bloody hell. I'll just work at the company, save and, you know, travel. Because that's the goal I had at the time. Worked there for a year and a half. Used that money that I made. Well, basically a year. Used that money to travel for a year and I'd done it. And then I got back from traveling and I was like, now what do I do? Like, I didn't go to uni. I'm, I don't want to go work back at my seller's company. And realistically, I didn't have a motive. Like, I, I was just going to the gym, spending time with friends. I did think about uni. I thought about going into architecture as like something that I would like create my future on because I love designer. I love art. Um, I love the aspect of that. I was good at math and science in school. So I was like, you know, why not? But then, like I said, the whole social media thing came along accidentally, just fell into that. But as an 18 year old, watching my friends go out and drinking and doing all the things they probably shouldn't have been doing didn't appeal to me. I don't know. I was so I was so like automatically driven, and I found this thing that I started to fall in love with, and I couldn't see past that. It was like tunnel vision. I was like, I knew what I wanted to do. I knew that this thing was like creating so much life for me, so much happiness, so much like fulfillment that I saw what they were doing. And I was like, it didn't appeal to me. I knew what I wanted to do. Sure. Yeah. So did that mean that you would like post a video and you would get like good traction on it? Let's just say. So if that was views, likes, and then I would motivate you to make another. 
Is that how it started, or did it start like hard? Was it? Did it start like dry, meaning that you put video out? There's like twelve views, you know? Or was Honestly, yeah, of course. Like, but did it like just work for you, or was it like not working? Oh, it and you, it definitely you know, wasn't. So. It definitely wasn't a given. It, I wasn't just gifted in the idea of in the aspect of social media. I didn't like just oh, here's this newfound fame given to this guy. Like, no, it definitely didn't happen like that. Um, I was fighting for 100 views, 50 views. I was happy with like 10 likes on my videos. I'd even like my own videos because it looked like I had more likes. Um, I think everyone's done that. Yeah, (laughs) at the beginning. And it was like that for the first six months to a year. But that's not what motivated me. I love the idea of having having an excuse to get out of bed in the morning to do something to have this like fire this meaning it gave you purpose because you was not living for other people i didn't start social media to like live for other people and to get views and to get likes and to get because that realistically didn't bother me it was just the idea of recreating the travel experience that I had when I was 17 in just immersing myself into life so that's what YouTube did so you did were actually me. enjoying just creating the content I basically loved it. I, yeah. loved it. I didn't even know you could make money on YouTube for the first nine months so like this weird page came across me um, this gardening account he's like oh bro how much money do you make on YouTube I was like what you can make money on YouTube what <laughs> like it's crazy and he Gave me this, showed me this world and I did some research and I realized that you can monetize your videos to add ads on the beginning of them to work with YouTube. And then in doing so, you would make money from the views you got. Not subscribers, not anything else, not clicks, just views. There's over, loads of moving parts. As I, as I did my research, I realized that like it's their watch time. How long did they watch the video for? Did they click on the ad? It's all those little things, all those moving pieces. But I just realized, shit, you can make money on YouTube. So while I was enjoying myself, while I was just like in the beginning stages, getting pocket money now and again to like pay for my gym membership, pay for my supplements, you know, all the little things that I wanted to like pay for. And it was just, it was just nice to like have that little income from doing something that I loved. So yeah. I think that's probably like the, the difference maker. Like if you follow something that you like doing instead of like you were doing it to be an influencer or you're doing it to be, I have a big opinion you know, you, you were more focused on like doing on what yes. you actually wanted to do. I, I, I truly believe that when someone does something and they do it consistently and they they know that they're going to do it for the rest of their life or they could imagine doing it for the rest of their life, it's not enough to just want to live someone else's life. It's not enough to watch someone else and see their success and be like, I want to do that. Because there's jealous people and there's envious people, two different becomes of people. If you're jealous, you hate on that person for the success they've got. If you're envious, you're like, oh man, how did he get that? You're more interested. But even that's not enough to be motivated to do something for life. Motivation is one thing. Inspiration is a different. Motivation lasts five minutes. Inspiration, you are inspired, but you can only inspire yourself. What you look at, when you when you look at yourself in the mirror in the morning, what do you see? What future do you see for yourself? What do you actually want for yourself more than what your mom may want for you or what your friends want for you? What do you want for you? Because what anyone can want for you may be enough to motivate you, but not to inspire you. You can only inspire yourself, I believe. So when someone tries, to, like looks at a life and they're like, oh, I want to live that, that's not their passion what their passion is is what they fall asleep thinking about at night what they wake up what is their first thoughts i believe that is something that can motivate someone to do it every single day to love it even even when it gets hard when you're awake at five o'clock in the morning going for the grueling section like the grueling part of editing you can only do that if you love it if you if you know and you realize that that is what you wholeheartedly enjoy you know and i feel like you know you can only create that persona for yourself do you think that's like one of the reasons why you've got to the stage that you've got to? Like, it was is that how you've always thought about it? I 
have adapted. I've created that mentality as the journey went on. Obviously, at the beginning, I was just doing it because it was fun. Yeah. Now I see it as more of like a like a lifestyle. I see it as more of a, um, a means to a consistent beginning, not a means to an end. It's like I, I'm doing this and I love this and I will continue to do this. I was never, I, I don't know, I, was, I feel like I was always like, I always knew, I always knew like what I wanted to do and like how I wanted to do it. I just like now it's developed as more of like I'm aware of my being and I'm aware that now I know why I'm doing it. And that motivates me even more because I, I, I'm aware of my path. I'm not, I know what I'm doing. Before I was just like winging it. Um, but now I see it as more of like a, a career or like this is what I want to do. I know this now. Like I, I can relate probably even myself to the same thing. So like growing up, I was like, I'm going to have my own business. I'm going to have yeah. my own business. But then I went and got a job and I was doing that. But I still knew I'm going to have my own business. But when I started the business, even I was just like winging it in terms of it's my own business. I'll do different things. I'll make it work. But then over time, then you really start to see what it is and what you want to do in the long term. And like you said, like I sleep like thinking about, oh, like I need to place an order for this product or even <laughs> this stage with this product. And you wake up with like this thought, that thought. And I think that's the, that is the element of when you know you're doing something that you really want to do. Yeah, Your, your vision's evolved. Yeah, and pretty much. Yeah. yeah. As time went on. I think a lot of people that would be listening to this um, would uh, be more curious about because they see a lot of people that are successful and somehow they made it there. Somehow, and it's always it's this somehow, magically. Yeah, it's, it's this gray area like of how people secret. do it. Yeah, and a lot of people will just say like believe in yourself and that's it. I really want to try to focus more on like the day to day stuff that you actually did. So the structure. What, yeah. So let's just say when you had the 500 subscribers what were you physically doing like were you doing one upload a week were you doing one a month you know like how long would you spend time editing how did you learn to edit like it's more the practical stuff is that journey because i think i want people to understand that the, the work journey. the work never really in my opinion probably like doesn't change yeah. and those are the people that like get there um yeah so just talk me through like what changed what was your routine like so okay so more the work side I guess of it. for anyone like interested in being a fitness influencer and anyone that's like ever thought about how that happened for them they, they see their they see their Instagram motivation not even fitness business influenced like they see these people on social media and they wonder how did they get that you know what did they do what did they fall into who did it who do they know but for me I fell in love with it which motivated my daily steps which were wake up in the morning I would speak into my notes on my phone using Siri the plan for the day and bullet point, not a script, but what I would do for my video. Like I was planning, I was mapping out my day and what I could do to record content from the beginning, from zero subscribers. At the beginning, obviously zero subscribers, I was mapping out my workouts. Um, but then as I got more to like, you know, 500 subscribers, a thousand, I was thinking about, oh, what, what subject can I talk about? Can I implement this supplement? Can I give someone advice on protein, like synthesis and like what are the use of BCAs and creatine? All the basics, how to supinate your wrist and do a bicep curl all the little things um and that's what i would do at that point because i was really trying to make videos that would like reach out to a lot of people what do people search how to grow your arms how to do this you know what to eat full day of eating and i would try and make videos based on what people would search you know um, that was my main goal over just being chill i was trying to be strategical at the very beginning because i knew that i would have to do something to stand out and i would google the videos that were like the most viewed and I would recreate them because I knew they was working uh, for other people. So I was like, hey, what? <laughs> That's actually quite um, a good thing to do. So what I hear the most is 
that people are so um, fascinated with that, oh, I need to be different, yeah. that a lot of times you just need to recreate what's working. Exactly. And, it's what people do with fashion. They yeah. recreate what happened in the 60s and 70s and, and it works in our days because it worked before, so it's going to work again. But you have to just recreate that. So I'm looking at videos that the big YouTubers made three years ago and now they're not being made anymore because everyone's trying to be different. And then when you have remade them and you've built some sort of foundation, you can then create your own stuff because then people view it because you have an audience. But from the get-go, you don't have an audience. No one's there to view. You're creating for no one. And you need to be insane enough to know that to create and spend hours and hours editing and recording for no one. But you need to be okay with that because if you're not okay with that, if you're looking into being an influencer or just business orientated, if you want to start an entrepreneurial got like start up an entrepreneurial idea, you need to be aware that the work that you're going to put in at the very beginning, no one's going to see. And that's one thing I was aware of at the beginning that I was doing this and for no one, for myself, I just fell in love with the idea and didn't do it for myself in the beginning because I knew that, that it was just for me. And eventually, like if I made that full day of eating, taught someone this, eventually people would come. And I guess that's how it started. So, so, so when you were at like ten thousand subscribers or five, five to ten thousand subscribers, um, did you think I'm an influencer now? At what oh, point were you now. like, I am an influencer? Like, when did that really oh, become a now. thing? No, not, not even now. Not um, even now. I see people that have like millions and millions, and I'm like, they're influencers. That's the people that I look up to. So, like from ten thousand, you start to realize that you have this audience, and you have a bit more freedom because even if you post a whack video, that's just like there's no purpose to it. It's just you want to get content out there you know there's like a basis of people that might view it there's views on your channel there's content there's consistency you're showing motivation you're showing that you care and you're posting the numbers gave comfort they gave you know like oh you know like i can wake up in the morning and i'm doing something right you know it's working it gives confidence it's like wow i must be doing something right people are coming out of nowhere japan america australia jesus christ like who are these people so these this vast array of people gave confidence um, as the numbers started to grow. So 10,000, I started to feel that. When I started to want to turn it into a career, I think I was around like 15,000, maybe like breaching 20,000. I was like, oh my God, started to experience so much more of life now. And I can see this being a job. Like, can I actually make a career out of this? This thing that I love. The idea of creating a career out of something you love is so unheard of. Like, people want it, but they ever have the chance to do it? No. Because maybe they don't put enough time and effort into the goal that they do have. But there's the odd anomaly that eventually finds out how to do that. And I knew I wanted to do that. And I thought at that point, 20,000, 15,000, that it was it was doable because they were coming out of nowhere. I was like, if I can do this, imagine in like one year, two years, five years, five years, I'd have 100,000. Like, you know what I mean? Like I saw that the growth rate was gave me enough confidence to, you know. So in those days, how much content were you uploading? So at the very beginning, within the first six months or like first four months of creating the YouTube channel two years ago. This is before like I realized that I wanted to create, make it into a job. I was learning like one video every two weeks. Like I was like, cause I wasn't sure I was doing it for fun in the gym. After like four months, I was posting like one every week and two every week. As I started to get more of an audience, started to get more questions, I got more ideas so I could post more. And then it went from like two to three times a week. That was two times a week, two, two three times a week. That was around 20,000. I think you touched upon something before where I hear a lot of other influencers say, you know, oh, if it's not going to be good content and they don't do it, they don't put it out. Like you just mentioned, you know, that even if it was whack, you would like put it out because you know subscribers are around. Yeah, that was when I was having more fun with it and I felt like some more freedom. There would also, there would obviously be a concept to the video. There'd be a sense of like, I could talk about something a bit more personal, right. something that I think people might want to know. Like, I went to the cinema with my dad, like I experienced that. I went for a meal with my nan, like all that little thing is like, I just speak about my relationships and just things that were happening, right? That's what I felt the freedom with, just 
give more of myself oh, on top of the in- instructional stuff that I use to as the tool to grow at the beginning. For people out there right now who are like smaller influencers or who are at that stage where you are now, what would you say to them? Meaning everyone is always trying to perfect a video and a lot of people then just don't release content. Week goes by, two weeks goes by. Like, you know, what should people be doing? At what point does it become like you're just not uploading? And at what point is it like too much or not too good enough? So I feel like there's like a perfect balance between that. So like you can feel pressured in the sense of like, oh, my content's not good enough, so I can't post this because like people are going to judge me and people think are going to think I'm terrible at vlogging and stuff. And people need to realize that if you start off with terrible content, content that you may not think is that good, but just you should post anyway, when you start to gain a following, we'll see the journey and they'll see the transition of, oh, wow, look at his videos, but look at his videos now. You have to start off terrible because it gives you a sense of accomplishment, but it lets your followers fall in love with your journey as well. Because that's what YouTube is. People are subscribing to your life, not Instagram, not like just a picture of what you did or it's you are documenting your life, committing to 10 minutes, maybe a couple of times a week, if your videos are 10 minutes long, to your life. But the idea of not believing yourself and not thinking that your content's good enough, that can be quite detrimental to progress because if you don't post, you're never going to grow. You create your own luck as far as YouTube goes. So social media, as well as it's hard work, you, it's it's kind of luck as well because, you know, so many people are trying to do the same thing. But consistency creates luck as well. If you're, you're, if you're posting videos on YouTube 52 times a year, once a week, you've got 52 chances to get lucky that one year. If you post four times a week, you have 208 chances to get lucky that one year. So you create your own luck with consistency. So like, even if you may not think your content's that good, but you're creating luck for yourself. Like, as if it's good... Because right, one of those could like trend, yeah, one of them could like exactly. become a big video for some you're reason. Your own worst critic. So something that you may think is not good, someone else is going to love. But you need to keep that. In, you need to keep that in mind that like that time that you spoke about what you did the other day, you might think, oh, no one's going to be interested in this, but someone might. Yeah. Do you have any videos like that? Uh, videos like what? That you thought wasn't going to be good, but they end up being things. Yep. Like especially at the beginning, which is something that I feel like everyone gets. You have to just fight past it almost believe in yourself because if you don't believe in yourself no one's going to believe in you if you genuinely don't think my content's not good enough there's a good chance that there might be someone out there that can see through the cracks people i have found are attracted to confidence not cocky confidence but you know they're aware of themselves and they they look like they're enjoying what they're doing when you are confident you enjoy what you're doing more so I'm not talking about making prosthetic confidence, just to believe in yourself just a bit more. Because like I said, the stuff that you're creating, you might think it's not not that good, but other people might. So just believe in yourself. Like that's as cliche as it sounds, like it really does mean something to like believe in your product. Because if you, if you believe in it, other people will believe in it. All right. So on this journey now, so we, we are around the 15, 20,000 yes. mark, you know, now you're realizing cool. Okay. You know, I want to do this as a career. So at what point um, companies start getting in touch with you? You know, like at what point did that sort of stuff start happening? So you started realizing, oh, actually, this is could be an actual career now. Yeah. So like the whole like company thing when, people's, when people come to you, because I monetize my videos at this point, and I thought that was the only form of uh, money making on social media, the views that you get, because companies pay YouTube to have their ads on your videos. And I thought that was the only form of like revenue. But then one thing I found around 30, 40,000 subscribers, uh, my Instagram was sort of the same level. So like 40, 50,000 sort of thing. They grow kind of the same. So when I'm talking about like a certain number on one, it's probably the same on the other. So like around 40, 40,000 companies started to come and they would be like, oh, how much do you charge per post? How much would you charge to talk about my product? 
at the first 30 seconds of your video. And I was like, oh, God, I don't know. I'd call my mom. I'd be like, yeah, this company asked me, like, what do I charge? What am I worth? I started, like, researching managers. Do I need a manager? Like, I'm 40,000. Like, am I famous? Like, well, do I need that? But then I realized, like, no, of course not. Um, you just kind of, like, speak to other people that are kind of doing your side of the kind of thing. And you base, you know, your worth on what they have charged in the past. If you're lucky enough to have a contact that's done it before, um, which around 40,000, you probably have met someone that does, you know, what you do. So you can ask. Um, if you can't ask, just come up with a random number and they'll say yes or no. Uh, and then you, you know, finally come up with your own idea of what you're worth. Yeah, around 40,000, cool. 40, I'd start to get like the odd thing, you know, now and again. You just touched upon like other vloggers then at that point. So yes. at what point did other vloggers start noticing that you are an hour vlogger or an influencer? Like Kind I- of around the same time. So like 30,000, 40,000 other YouTubers would subscribe to me. When you see on YouTube, you can see like the most subscribed to people that subscribe to you. And I started to see people that had like a few thousand, 10,000, like 30,000. And it was like, wow, like other people are noticing me, other content creators, because I watch other content creators, but do they watch me? Around 30, 40,000 companies, other YouTubers. And around that sort of time as well, I did meet some of these influencers that met me. And to this day, they're still friends, like for life. They've been here since the beginning almost. And I feel like that's one thing that I love about this as well. Like you've created relationships for like almost life because of this. And they came about from around 30, 40,000. So, yeah. Would you say that's like probably true in terms of other people too? Like the level where you become an influencer in, in this market? Like, do you think like around 40, 50,000 is now when you are an influencer? Like in terms of like the industry? I don't know about... The title influencer um, at around that level. It's just definitely the level that people maybe start to, to view me in a different light. Oh, yes, this foundation. He's obviously like put some work in. He's managed to build a following. How has he got this following? He must be someone of some sort of worth to the industry or the industry that he's interested in growing in. You know, built this level of, you know, reach. When you start to build a community, friends and companies start to contact you, you have this like this world that you've like immersed yourself into and now you're part of this big thing. And then I guess you do start to feel a little bit more of like the the vibe of an influencer. Like, oh, I, I have influencing friends or companies are trying to contact me. I'm getting more views. It's great. The vibe came around that sort of like level. Yeah. When people started to like, they would like see you in like the street and they'd look at you different. And you'd be like, don't do they watch the videos? But then they'd come to you and they'd be like, oh, bro, I'll subscribe to you. And that started to happen around like 30, 40,000 too. They'd like come up to me and be like, oh, I didn't know if I should uh, come up to you, but I actually watch videos. I'd be like, oh, no way. That's so, that's so cool, man. What the hell? Never happened before. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of surreal. It kind of happened around that sort of like, you know, 30, 40,000 on YouTube. Nice. Do you think like, so since that point till I like, think moving forwards now, what, what are you on right now? At the moment, um, Instagram is on a hundred and 95,000 and YouTube is on 154,000. Instagram's taken over your YouTube. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. I kind of yeah, it took over by like 50k. Weird. All right. Um so I guess now what what what's it like, you know, like creating content um like is it still same mind frame just to wake up make a list for yourself like yeah, like okay so now what i do is is a little bit more strategical so like now i'll truly think about what i'm doing because i know that there's people out there that are going to watch and judge what i'm doing and there are intelligent people out there people that like 
edit videos for a living, people that talk about this, have degrees in these subjects that I'm talking about. So I need to I need to be like watch what I say now. I have this reach of people that are going to judge me, critique me. There are haters out there, unnecessary critics, but there actually are like actual critics, intelligent people in the fields that I'm talking about that are going to judge me. So I need to be more careful. So when I'm making a, a, my list in the morning, at, like today, I'll wake up and I'll like say I'll like bullet point something. I'll be like, actually no. That's not a good idea. Why would I? Why the hell would I put that in the video? And I just I take a little bit more time, and I'm more strategic with the stuff that I post. But at the same time, you need to think like I love this. I'm still gonna have fun with this. Like this list that I've created for myself, I'm gonna pick up the camera, do my intro, and then I'm just having a good day. Like it just it gives me this weird feeling. I could be having the worst day in the world. Something could have happened. Could have fell out with a friend, argument with family, something. Had a bad workout. Literally anything. But then I pick up the camera. And somehow it's like serotonin was released into my mind and I'm just happy. Like I'm having a good day. And I guess that's what I realize now as well. Along with the pressure of like people there to judge you, you still need to realize. And one thing that I'm realizing now, this is like my transition to learning this part of the the whole experience is that you always need to remember to just have fun with it. Because when you're having fun with it, everything's easier everything's more like fluent people see that you're having fun and that's contagious people want to be attracted to that if they see like you're if you're like struggling if you're like running out of ideas if you're like actually not enjoying what you're saying people see that people see through this like people the world is built by people just as intelligent as you and you're watching videos just like you're critiquing yourself on your youtube channel like you can see through your cracks so can they so you need to be like more chill about it i feel like be more relaxed i think from what you're saying and what already knew as well it's clear um that the planning and then putting in the work makes the makes the difference yeah because i think but i've met people that don't do that that just completely wing it pick up the camera and just talk about anything but i think one of the reasons i've been so blessed and i've been so grateful for the opportunity to have grown at the speed that it has grown so like i was doing this for a year and i had 12,000 subscribers in one year now i'm on my second year and i have 150,000 don't even know how it's happened some people just came out like they've come out of nowhere and they've like somehow realized that oh this is a guy who is putting in the work and we're going to watch him with that growth you sort of like question yourself in the sense of like did i do this right is this the way like is this the secret like what i've done is that the is that the formula like do you have to structure your videos do you have to wake up in the morning and bullet point stuff do you have to like actually strategically think about every move that you do is that the formula? Then you see like people that don't do that and you're like, oh, they're growing too. It's not a matter of how you do it. Pick up the camera, talk about anything. Wake up in the morning, strategically plan. It's not a matter of how, it's just a matter of doing. Like you can talk about it, you can you can have these great ideas, but unless you're doing, no one's seeing, no one's viewing, no one's being, you know, not necessarily inspired, but no one's being influenced by your journey, uh, wherever that journey may be. So it's not a matter of how, it's just a matter of what and a matter of if you are doing it. Yeah, no, I think I agree with that. It's like, it's just the consistency. I think people are doing yeah. it consistently at the same level again and again and again, in the end, are the ones that like get to the next stage. Because I think there's a lot of one people... Thing, yeah, one thing that I got a quote from uh, a very well-known YouTuber, Casey Neistat, it was the best piece of advice that he was given by another YouTuber called Roman Atwood, and I quote it from him. The quote is, just keep posting. It's that simple. Just keep posting. Whether you're not growing, whether you're growing really fast, whether you're like looking at your daily subscriber gain and it's plateauing, or you're even losing subscribers from a subject that you spoke about in the last video that people disagreed with, it doesn't matter. Just keep posting, whether it takes 
one month, one year, 10 years. There are people out there that are YouTubers at the top right now or influencers that have been doing this stuff for like 15 years and they only just made it. You know, it. you just have to keep posting mindlessly. Like you have to fully give yourself to this thing that you know you want to create a future out of. Again, cliche, never give up, but it's really the truth. It's what it is. You can't compare yourself to the anomaly that blew up overnight. The one person that posted that viral video and just blew up. That's not realistic. That's going to happen, but you have to accept that. But everyone else is here. Everyone else is putting in the work. And you have to do the same. Because you need to realize that you see that person across the street. He has a Lambo. The building next to you is owned by one man or a company. That starts somewhere. One thing that people need to realize is, and they're along their own journey, are they willing to put in that same effort that the world has been created with? Buildings in Rome, the pyramids in Egypt, they were built by men just as smart as us, but they did that shit every day. They didn't give up. They kept on building. They kept on creating, and now they are where they are. So if you apply that same mentality to your own grind, there's a good chance, based on research, based on the world we live in, that it might work. I agree, and like even in my own journey, it's pretty much like the exact same thing. You know, it's just but the relentless pursuit of like keep going, keep going, keep going. You get setbacks, you get um, things that don't work in your favor. Yeah, and you just gotta like, keep like at it. And I think that's like the difference between people that I'm around that I know or that are people that are winning. And by winning, it's just people that are growing and becoming better versions of themselves. Um, it's the people that keep pushing to move forwards. Exactly. One thing that you just touched on the word setbacks. That's something that we need to really understand that there are going to be a substantial amount of setbacks along this journey because what we've spoken about so far is consistent growth and just doing something every day without the idea of that person coming at you it's like if you're boxing you just punch in a bag that's all we've spoken about so far we haven't spoken about the, the, the person punching back which is life there is going to be an opportunity where you might have to pay for something that you, you were saving for something a new camera but something happened you crash your car you know, a family member felt ill, you need to pay for that. Like something happened, there's going to be a setback, but you need to be ready for those and understand that there are going to be some that can't take away from the, the journey that you're on. It's not even an entity of like setback because everyone's facing it. If everyone's having these same setbacks, are they even setbacks? It's just life. Exactly. Yeah. So I think for my business, when some things have gone wrong, it's made me think like, oh, I'm so unlucky. Why does this only happen to me? I'll give you a little example, actually. So in one of the releases I did with an influencer, we had, like, some bots from, like, China try to, like, crash our servers, and it, like, it ruined the release. It still went ahead, but people ended up having, like, problems when they were buying and other stuff happened. And just recently I had a phone call with um, Noel from Gymshark, and he was telling me that, like, two years ago on Black Friday, they had a similar thing where, like, the website wouldn't work, and for, like, eight hours the website was down on... Black Friday sale and they couldn't make any sales so it made me realise in that moment that oh there was me thinking I'm so unlucky with what happened to me it just the same as happens to other people everyone has setbacks but you gotta like learn from it how can you improve and like and move on. So exactly, and you just quoted Gymshark. Gymshark 2016 is the was voted the fastest growing company, the fastest growing startup company, and they are the fastest growing company. But they had that setback. But they are where they are because they they fought past it. You know, just like you fought past yours. Yeah, pretty much. So it just shows, like like you said, setbacks are going to happen and um, it's about how you deal with them and move on. The the next thing I want to focus on is um, other things where you're doing. So more like the tips or like the tricks in terms of to get more views, you know, like keyword analysis, um, you know, responding to people's comments, like 
are you aware of things that you can do to get more views or you know through this growth i'm sure there are things that you have done um that like, helped you with this stuff because like something that you just learn along the way so like you obviously are going to do your first area research on like what is growing tags on videos what do i need to like because when you upload a youtube video there is a section where you can upload tags which is frequently searched video titles if you got a fitness page for example like me my tags would be like bodybuilder transformation all those words key keywords that people may search so i did a bit of research into that next is what you title your video is it clickbait visual thing that baits you in that makes you want to click on it whether that be the thumbnail which is the picture that the video is advertised with or the title now that's very important and that's one thing that i definitely have utilized and truly understood the power of over the past like two years how important the first 10 seconds of the video are how important the thumbnail is how important that initial site is the behind the scenes stuff which people don't see are the tags and forms of advertisement do you share it on your facebook page do you share it on your instagram do you try and utilize your other social media platforms to bounce off each other so would i share my new youtube video on my instagram like is that a form of like is that a form of like growth and that's one thing i found that worked as well creating like an all-round social media platform over singular get everyone to follow every single platform so they see everything that's going on which make gives people like an opportunity to follow a more like in-depth aspect of your life and stuff uh, I so spoke like, to this other girl that we the slime girl she's got 600 something k okay. and she told me some stuff you know i was like oh wow i never thought of that and hers was she gets people to be like comment on my youtube video you could try this if i gave you an example she does like oh guys comment and she tries to get like a thousand plus comments yes. basically and then while people are doing that she will she will like and reply to every comment and that puts it on the trending page okay so like that she hits 1 million plus views on every video i didn't even think of that so like okay she was fascinated by messing with youtube until yeah. she can find a way to get bigger so like okay one one thing that i've like started to do on my videos i think one thing that's really important is to name your like people like what what's your squad what's your like family what's your like what do you call them right so i came up with a name like it's called don squad the reason it's called don squad is brand Don Squad. It's like my name. The definition of Don in the Urban Dictionary is leader of the mafia. So like I try to <laughs> try to come up with like a cool little name. It's kind of cringy, but it is what it is. But I also say like if you enjoyed the video, please drop a like. If you haven't already joined the Don Squad, which means we are a family. Join our family. At the end of every video, I pick someone that hashtagged Hardbody and hashtagged Don Squad on my Instagram, and I shout them out at the end of the video. So I'd be like, thank you. James underscore Miller for being part of the Don Squad. If you haven't already, please subscribe. Da, 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 da. And I feel like that was a really great way to like link both social medias because it gets people to like, oh, I, I would love to be on this video, like sort of thing. Like if they would want to be on that video, they would hashtag and engage on my other social media platform, which therefore the more comments on your Instagram, the more chance you get of being on the explore page because like instagram sees that your analytics are growing up in a certain aspect this instagram is getting like so many more comments now so many more likes like we're going to press him because obviously he's doing something right and i feel like that's the way instagram and all these like platforms work that if you're like growing a certain way they'll grow they'll run with that if they see you growing you bounce off each other um but yeah that's one thing like just shouting people at the end of the video definitely i do things throughout the video that help engage the comment section so i'll speak about a controversial subject that people can have a comment like conversation with down below or i'll just like say like oh you know give me your opinion on this like i'm thinking about doing this i'm thinking about going here let me know what you guys think um i feel like that's one thing that really helps boost the comment section which also helps with engagement to your subscribers like you are speaking to them 
not like you're just doing it for yourself, but you're along this journey with them. You make them feel included, which boosts up engagement, likes, all the kind of thing. That's one thing I've realized um, to make people feel included, like the part of this with you. And just the little things you do may make people remember you a little bit more. So with the shout out at the end of the video, with the little thing that you spoke about, people may remember that you might stick in their minds, which is what you want to do with social media. You want to be the person that sticks in that person's mind more than the next person, which has a lot to do with the content you create too. And if you can confidently say, I would subscribe to myself, you know, you, there's a good chance that people will think the same thing. But if you look at your page and you're like, fuck my life, I would not subscribe to this guy. What, you know what I mean? Like, like I, topless picture after yeah, topless, topless picture. picture. What a douchebag. Who, who does he think he is? Abs. Everyone's got abs. If you can look at your own page and confidently say, I would follow myself. Um, I feel like that's a really good tip as well. Like make sure that you would subscribe to yourself. Make sure that you, what you're producing is good enough for your own standards. Cause chances are, if they're good enough for your standards, they'd probably be good enough for someone else's too. Um, yeah. What about analytics? Is that something that you've uh, you look at or you analyze? Analytics like, do you d- isn't something that I like? I try to look at because I know that you can get engrossed in it. You can mindlessly just look at your progress, your numbers, and you can get lost in why didn't this video get this many comments? Why didn't this happen? Like, and you start to question yourself, which is the unhealthy part of this? You can get too engrossed in the you know the numbers and stuff, and you can start to become disheartened if you didn't gain as many subscribers last month as this month. That can be like, oh, should I quit? You know, is it not working? Is this not what I'm meant to be doing in my life? And then you can implement the the aspect that I said about before, the motivation side of it, and just keep posting. You can't look at the analytics too much because it will, as much as you don't want it to, it will dishearten you. So I try and shy away from that too much. Like I try to just like go through the paces, keep on posting, just keep on going. And I do, don't get me wrong, I do look at them, but I don't let them influence me. Do you look at like the age or location, like that sort of stuff? And are you mindful of that when creating content or do you just like still never, stick to what you want never. to do? I never, I'm never mindful of like where my audience are because it's fairly evenly distributed. And I feel like that's just the way it's always going to be. Age range, female, male. Um, obviously being like a male influencer, I'm going to reach out to more males. So my following is 70% male and 30% female. Um, I feel like that's just because of the like the bro-ish videos that I post anyway. It's just like kind of what I do. Um... My age range is around 13 to 24, like 12 to 24. Like, so, you know, like my age, people that are like just thinking about um, going to the gym, maybe some like child gamer came along me who's 11. You know, you need to be conscious of those people too because you can't swear too much. You can't be too unfiltered. You can't be too like, you can't speak about too too much controversy, give too many opinions. Like someone may look at and be like, like I can't, like he's really inappropriate you need to be conscious of all age ranges, which is one thing I felt. It's not just people your age watching your videos. It's people that are 12 years old that are going to follow what you're doing. And if you have a big enough audience, if you have big enough influence, you have a million followers, they're going to copy you. If you're recording something completely outrageous or saying something completely outrageous, they would do the same. I feel like that's one thing that I've, along the journey, been more conscious of and realized that I've had to be more conscious of because there's a lot of responsibility that comes with having followers although you get lost in it and I definitely definitely get lost in it I don't realize that these numbers are real people and you forget because you're like starstruck still by all this like happening all these new people that come you don't realize like oh my god if I say this it's gonna like pe- people may go crazy I might get like a thousand dms something else to touch upon which is kind of like in the same subject is um you might see like influencers sometimes like contact companies in terms of like, um, you know, I want to get this 
And would you do this for me in return? From your side, A, have you ever done that? Like, have you ever reached out to companies yourself trying to get something off them? And then B, um, what are your thoughts about that in general? When people do that. Okay, so personally, I've never gone to a company. I've never never asked for anything. I've never said like, hey, to a hotel, for example, in Bali or whatever, like I know some people do. They would go, hey, um, I'm really thinking about going to Bali and I have this many followers. Can we work together? I've never done that. I feel like some people that do that maybe feel a bit entitled, like they deserve it. Like I feel like if it's going to happen, it'll come to you. Then there's the aspect of, you know, you have to fight for what you want. If you don't ask, you don't get. But at the same time, personally would never go to a company and be like, hey, do you want to work together? I have this many followers. Because if they want they, if they want you, they'll find you, which is what has happened in the past with my supplement sponsorship, uh, BPI Sports. And that's what happened with my uh, clothing sponsorship, Legend London. Um, they came to me and that created a really good relationship because they needed me and I realized that and then I wanted to do the best for them. Now, if I just go to them, they realize as a company that I'm just trying to get some money. I'm just trying to get some free stuff. You know, they don't they don't need me. Um, and the idea of feeling like you have a responsibility, it heeds a lot more motivation to do well for that company. If you're abusing your followers, you are probably there for the wrong reasons. You are just trying to utilize what you have to get more free stuff. You, you already have a lot, man. Like you, you already have so much. You're doing so well. For you, you have all these followers. You're probably doing okay, but you just want more free shit. Yeah. And I don't know if I agree with that. But some people, like if they do it, they do it. I've, I'm not going to judge them. Each to their own. I just wouldn't do it myself. You must hear a lot in the industry. People are like. And even we as a company, we get like 20, 30 messages a day, like, oh, will you sponsor me? Will you sponsor me? Will you make me that? Please, come on. Oh, just will you sponsor me? And do you think the people that are doing that, they basically have the wrong mentality in terms of... No, because they're like... I just personally wouldn't do it, but they don't have the wrong mentality because they're they're just trying to make it. They want to be the the next sponsored athlete. And they think that if they message the company, that's how to do it. They maybe don't know that the company's going to reach out to them. Or they maybe don't think they're good enough for the company to reach out to them. But I feel like if you think you're good enough, you're consistent with your content, and you like kind of low-key make the company aware of you, you go on the company's page, you like a couple of their photos, subscribe to it. You know what I mean? Like make yourself known that way, organically. They'll see you, and if they want you, they'll come. And I don't disagree with when people do it. I just think that maybe they think they're at a place where they aren't yet. And there will be through work but then there's the whole like my opinion on being entitled do they like they just think they're just like oh i have 10 i have ten thousand followers i i deserve all this free stuff um i don't agree with that what's interesting to me is as i speak to a lot of influencers is that there's a clear um similarity between people who are doing well like first speaking about like almost like the planning and like the putting in the work but then like the thing of just doing you and things coming to you even that like i've seen more of the larger influences that we work with and I speak to is like they always had that mentality of like I'm just going to keep doing it and then things will come to me rather than ever trying to like go for it because on the other side then then again what you just said I'm going to keep on doing things and it will come to me that's expecting as well um which which I think that like people shouldn't expect they should just like enjoy themselves um I genuinely just like go along my journey and I enjoy myself and if something comes along then it comes along it's an opportunity that's facing me and I will run with that and I will exhaust every resource with that opportunity like I will make the most of it but I feel like if you just content if you're like creating content purely for the aspect of like in hope that a company's going to one day come to you you're doing it for the wrong reasons you need to do it for the love of doing it and you need to do it for the love of living more life because of what you're doing and having a purpose in the morning. Like if you want social media to be your job, treat it like it's your nine till five. Spend eight hours a day 
doing that, there is a good chance that you would be successful in that because people aren't doing that. You know, people aren't putting in that amount of work. Yeah. All right. No, that makes sense to me. Um, to go a bit more business. So do you see yourself as an entrepreneur? Is that what you... Yes. Yeah. So you yeah. think I'm an entrepreneur, like that's who I am. I see myself now as I'm self-employed. I have created this platform. I'm a businessman. I do something every single day to become more successful in the, the area that I want to be successful in, which is a social media influencer. Someone that has a voice and someone that has the responsibility of people coming to them and maybe pursuing their life in the way that you do to live a more fulfilling life the way that you do. I've taken that on as my job title. People ask me, what do you do as a job? And I'm like, I'm a YouTuber. Oh yeah, I'm a YouTuber. Um, and I feel proud to say that. Because I have worked hard and I have worked endlessly. I've been up at five o'clock in the morning. I have lost my mind editing some videos. And I am proud to say that this is like now my job. When I enrolled myself as being self-employed because I was making a certain amount of money, I then started to think of myself as more of an entrepreneur. Like I've created something from nothing. And that's what an entrepreneur is. They have a goal. They have an idea and they birth it. They, it's their baby. They've created it. And I feel like that's what my followers are to me my like well not my children but like you know what I mean like I've created this thing and, and I've now created my own responsibility which is my own business and I, I definitely see myself as being an entrepreneur all right so with that obviously comes like I know you're always thinking about growing your audience and growing creating a better content and we, we've touched upon all that but do you also think from a business point of view to take make more like opportunities where it'll be more money or like yes. more different revenue streams like do you actually it, it just comes with it so like you have this audience and you are faced with the idea of capitalizing on that i feel like a lot of people on youtube they'll come out with a clothing brand or something because why would you not companies come out that have no following, like a man that has an idea and he will have to pay so much money to be on this billboard, pay this influencer to advertise that product. You know what I mean? They have to invest so much money. You as an influencer have a free audience that if you've done it right, will listen to you and believe in what you believe in. And why would you create a product that you don't believe in? So you've created something. You have this opportunity to create something that you love. Why would you waste that opportunity and to give back to your audience, to have something. It's not about capitalizing on them and making money off them. It's realizing that they now have something to represent to them, a hoodie. They can wear that Don Squad t-shirt while they watch your videos, while they go to the gym. You know, they can further live through that. It's more than just a visual thing. It's like they're physically feeling what you've created and therefore you can go further in depth of the connection with them. I feel like that's one thing that you can do with your social media. That's one thing I've realized that you can go further into the financial side of it um, and capitalizing on the potential of your followers and the money you can make off the job you've created for yourself. Then I've thought deeper into it. So you have a YouTube channel, you make, you make your money from like your views, your sponsors, all that kind of thing. You then invest in a company from that that you can sell to your subscribers. Then you've made all this money. If you do it right, you'll save everything you earn. Then you can invest into something else, maybe off social media, because all you need to make money is more money. Money makes money. So if you have this like money that you've created from this one business venture, you then invest that into something outside social media that you can then be like, oh guys, you heard of this company? Oh, that's mine. Like, you know what I mean? Like some people, when they fall into money, they see it as just like, oh, I fall into this money. They don't see the business potential. When as an influencer, you've taken time to strategically think about everything you post, everything you do, every step you make. You have the time to think about what am I going to do with my money? You've like brainwashed yourself to thinking strategically. You can't be a sellout. You can't 
try and sell too much to your subscribers. A sellout, in my mind, is someone that like uses their social media platform, promo post, promo post, working with this company and this company and this company. I feel like with the aspect of working with companies, you need to be really careful with who you sell with because the way <laughs> I have a weird analogy of this, but if you think about an influencer, they go from company to company to company to company. Their audience don't know who to buy from, don't know who to believe in. That protein from that company, oh, it's amazing. Then they go to another company. Oh, is that the best protein? Like They don't know what to buy. I feel like that's, as an influencer, it's almost like a female or a male. They sleep with this person, they sleep with that person, they lose their worth the more people they sleep with. But if you get a virgin, an influencer that's never been with a company before, wow, they've never sold anything. I'm going to make so much money off that. And if you stay with that company, there's a good chance that you know, you're going to make more sales from that and your subscribers are going to respect your worth because you saved yourself for that one person, that one company. But then if you spread yourself thin, people will not only lose respect for you, but companies will lose respect for you as well. That's kind of my analogy of that. Um, a sellout is someone that just like is there for the money and will bring out a product and just try and push it and push it and push it and push it and just try and milk their subscribers from not only their pockets from their parents pockets yeah like it might work for a small period of time but then eventually it just wouldn't and if you're here for the long run yeah not that oh i've got 200k followers let me try to make as much money as possible and but if you're doing playing it for the long game then you need to be careful that's the thing like it's not about it's not about making money i feel like if it's a job certain part of it's about making money but you need to realize how you got to that period of getting the opportunity to make that money. You loved it. You gave everything while you was making no money. So there's a good chance that if you want to make more, you need to go back to that. You need to like not get lost in just the business aspect and feeling entitled, getting free stuff, going to company company. I feel like if you just continue to do what you've done without the idea of being too conscious about money and just do it for the love, do it for like what you love to do and the, the experiences that you've had because of this thing that you love, you can therefore accidentally fall into exponential currency that you didn't think you was worth because you were too busy thinking about making money off what you've got right now you didn't think about the future you didn't think about what you did to get where you are because you need to i feel like you need to consistently do that to get further and further and further accidentally getting into a place that you can just be never conscious about money again yeah i think um it's probably like to like touch upon some of the stuff that you have done for people who don't know probably um i actually when i first uh, saw brandon it was actually randomly on youtube so okay i was like 35k from uk and you like you do like vlog style stuff so for people that don't know like because as a company we work with influencers we kind of know which influencers are, are the best at like monetize, monetizing themselves and people with personalities are the best type so when I came across Brandon, he was like vlogging and like showing his life and just being normal. And I was like, oh, that's quite cool. And there's not that many people in the UK who are like this that I had come across. There's quite a few fitness influencers on Instagram who like post good pictures, personality, something that I was attracted to. And I was like, people like this have the long term future. So when I came across him, then I realized he's from like around Birmingham, which where I'm, I'm actually from. So then I sent him an email and um, I was just uh, hoping to hope he replies. And, and then he did and then we go on a and phone call and then I'm call. here like Star Trek that you even sent me a message it's like <laughs> oh my god will he reply oh my god he sent me a message and um, yeah and then he was like he, he wants to like sell some t-shirts and um, that was like I think one of your first like business ventures of yourself yeah yeah that was that was my first ever business I wanted to bring out merchandise for people to represent as I went on my like shredding series which my competition prep um, which I called Hard Body Shredding because my Instagram name is Brandon Hardbody, so I thought it fit and I brought out a t-shirt that said Hardbody and I didn't have a platform to sell on I didn't have a legitimate safe 
you know, website to source my t-shirts from for like a safe way for my subscribers to, you know, type in their credit card details, their PayPal details. And then Athlete came along, you came along with that safe, you know, structured, you know, well laid out platform to post my stuff on. And I felt blessed. I felt saved that I had all these shirts, but I had no means, no idea how to sell them. I, I didn't have £2,000 to pay for a website to uh, to sell them. And you came along with this overly you know, professional, this platform. And, you know, I was very grateful for that. Uh, I still remember when you rang me and you were like screaming like, what is like, uh, you know, was it like £7,000 or something like, you know, when it first sold? Yeah. Like, and you were like, so much money in my bank. Yeah, it's crazy because like... <laughs> I I had in December last year, a year ago, I had forty pound in the bank for like four months, all the way until April. I was broke. Never never breached like any more than that. Anything I made, I had to spend on like supplements, food, gym membership, the little things, rent, you know, like all that kind of thing. Um, so I never had any money in the bank, and I fought for that, and I fought and fought and fought. Still mindlessly making these videos, making no money. At this stage of, you would think this prestigious amount, 40,000 subscribers, wow, we must be making so much money. I had £40 in the bank to match subscriber count. Like, I literally had nothing. So people think they're going to make a lot of money from that stage. You will quickly realise that it's, if you're in it for the money, it's never going to work out because, like, you have to just forget about that. You're going to be in it for a long time. I was doing YouTube for a year and a half at this point with still £40 in the bank but I kept on posting and I kept on going and then you came along I had this platform to sell these t-shirts on this audience to buy 7,000 8,000 10,000 later I have 10,000 in the bank what the fuck like and and it came after a year and a half I was blessed with this opportunity there we go the birth of you know the, the career side of it all I guess yeah that's kind of like where you kind of like started your own online business I guess so it was yeah. the t-shirts then it was the plans um, and ever since I guess you know you sell monthly and like um, it's kind of like set up yeah, um, we, for you. We, we like we after seeing the progress of the t-shirts and like the people that were buying them and stuff, we kind of like came out with a plan, and we come up with like a price to sell it for and everything like that. And you know, we we had we had data, we had like a number on how many we could sell, like because through research, which you can only know from like actually doing it. You can never predict how many t-shirts you're going to sell, how many plans you're going to sell. You just have to you just have to jump, take the leap, and like hope that people buy. Don't order too many, but just enough like to hopefully sell out. Maybe. I remember like the bodybuilding competition. Yeah. And um, that was something like for us to like really cool for me to even like see. Um, how was that whole experience like for you? The Body Power Experience, Body Power is the competition that I competed in. It's a, a weekend expo held in Birmingham. It's a chance for influencers to get the chance to connect with their subscribers. You know, people come up from all around the world to meet these people that they see online, see on Instagram, and companies are there with their stands, with the influencers on the stands uh, to give a place for so-and-so to say, oh, by the way, guys, I'm on the BPI Sports booth. This is where you can find me. And that's what Body Power is. But they also hold, they also held a prestigious competition, which is the competition that I chose to do because I love the idea of competing with my like followers there like to be able to like see and support and because they they followed this whole shredding series and some of them were from Birmingham so I was like oh maybe they can come and watch the show and um, I was so nervous because I prepped for 12 weeks and I had never done a show before I, I was backstage pumping up and I was looking at these opponents I was like so many people that I was going to be against and I was like I look like shit like I have got no chance I'm not going to place top five like what am I doing and then I step on stage and it like, I just, it was like I took a, a like a, an awakened pill. I don't know. Like I just knew like everything that I like nervous about. As soon as I stepped on stage, I like saw everything so clearly. I was 
given this like confidence I looked at the judges in the eyes and I was like I am here like I was proud of what I'd like done for like 12 weeks and I was like the confidence I felt that the, the lack of confidence I felt backstage was found on stage I don't know what it was I just fell in love with it and they were calling out top three and I was number five and they called it number seven they called it number one and they called it number five and I was there and I was like oh my god I looked at the people backstage and I was like what I couldn't believe it I was like all these people that disheartened me that like along the journey like all the all the trials and tribulations that came about throughout the prep I like instantly thought about all those things that held me back and the fact that I kept on going through prep the fact that I didn't give up and I didn't like drop off and I didn't cheat on my diet and I did all these things and it all became worth it at that moment all the pain and suffering relationships that suffered because of like me being stressed and it was all like if that didn't happen would it have been worth it but I put in the work and I believe that I put in that much work to somewhat deserve that and then when it actually became a reality that was the best feeling. And then I stepped out on stage. They asked for like three guys, us three, to just pose by ourselves. And I was so nervous. My confidence just went straight back down. But I did it. And it was the most rewarding experience of my entire life. Managed to play second in my first show, which I couldn't believe. Um, I was backstage with you. And after you like recorded the whole thing and it was crazy. And I was back there with my trainer. And I just like hugged you and just like felt like... I wanted to cry. I was like, it's so much. Yeah, and, uh, it was really cool. I fully remember it. Like, I remember when you stepped out. Like, a trophy. Yeah, and like, I think everyone else was like really small and you like a six plus. So like, it was just like, yeah, you're clearly like the, so the, the, on stage. Like, like the like, big guy on stage and like, um, and yeah. you were, you can tell like how happy and you loving you were and everyone else seemed a bit more like stressed looking and you seemed like you're having the best time. It was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely having the best time. Um, but yeah, the highlight of that whole thing more than the stage, more than the backstage, it was holding the trophy, walking all the way through body power, everyone seeing this guy that was tanned, obviously stage ready, with a trophy. Like, he did it. People that didn't know me would tap me on the shoulder saying, congratulations, man, shaking my hand, like, congratulations. They didn't know if it was first or second or third. They just saw a trophy. And it didn't matter to me because, like, they... It, oh, I don't even know, man. It was like the best thing ever. Going to the booth, showing the trophy to all my teammates, all the people that supported me and everything throughout the journey of it, and seeing subscribers there, being able to say I did it, I come second. Like I, it was it, it was a win for me. The pla- the fact that I come second was a bonus. The idea of when I did that, when I started the whole prep, it was just the idea that I wanted to present to my following that if you have an idea and you have a goal, you need to stick it out to the very end, no matter what the placing, no matter what the final result, just do it. The fact that I stepped on stage was a win for me. I did it. I fucking, I went through the stress. I dealt with all the setbacks and I was there. My best physique that I could possibly bring. A second was a bonus and it just made it. It was like the cherry on top. Is something you're going to do more in the future? Yes. Um, like it's 2018 now and I plan on doing three shows this year, not just one, uh, around mid-year. So I'm actually going to America for three months now. And then when I come back, I'm going to start my competition prep. So I'm going to get fat in America you know, bulk up and then uh, come back and just go through the paces, compete in maybe like June, July, stay lean as long as, long as possible, do as many shows as possible and then just see, just see what I can do. Like I know that my physique has progressed since last year based on like my performance in the gym. Um, visually seeing myself from where I started prep last year to where I'm going to start prep this year, I know that this, the package I'm going to bring to the stage will be that much more better and through experience and through knowing how to like prep my body now. I've learned a lot of things for doing it once. So like I know things I can tweak this year to make everything that much more refined, defined, like everything more, more crevices in the right places that need to, like maybe a week more of dieting, maybe a bit more cardio, but this year is going to be special. 
So you just mentioned going to America. What is that? Is that like for? Is that work or what's yeah, the reason? Yeah. So like at the start of this whole YouTube thing, I wanted to. I knew. I knew that I wanted to like go to America for some like period of time. I wanted to. I want to live in America. It's like the dream place. The way the reason I'm going to America now is because I know that YouTube is big out there. I know that to expand to the next realm of YouTube, I'm gonna have to do something crazy. So the thing that I preach on YouTube all the time is stepping back from your current situation and analyzing yourself and thinking like, what I'm doing right now, is, it, is this really what I want to do with my life? And then taking the necessary steps to say, yes, this is what I'm doing. This is what I want to do. And I'm going to do whatever it takes to make this like a, a reality every day, which is why I decided to go to America because I did that about a couple of weeks ago. And I was like, do I really want to be here in this town that I'm at? No. Booked a ticket. I'm going like that's that's what I, like I decided to do and that's what I would urge anyone to do if they have the opportunity to do so don't question it just like go out there and so where is it exactly take a leave. I'm Boston I'm going to Boston I've got some friends out there um, that are in Boston so I'm like apartment sharing um, which is the perfect opportunity to do so um, either way I booked a ticket um, I booked a ticket before I knew I was going to go to Boston. Well, I knew I booked a ticket to go to Boston, but before I knew I had a place to stay, I was going to just rent a place. But then, you know, my, my friends were like, oh, come live with us. Yeah, we'll just split the rent. I was like, yeah, perfect. So the plan is to like uh, collaborate with different vloggers. Plan like, future. Plan for the next three months is go to America, collaborate as much as possible, experience as much of America as possible and just enjoy meeting new people the journey of it all, like just, I love scenery. I love architecture. I love conversation. I love learning about other people's experiences and stuff. One thing I believe as a, a necessary method of expansion, as far as the mind goes, you can go through your whole life living a life and filling your mind with all these memories and all these like things and you know, lessons that you learn. But if you have a conversation with someone else, you're filling your mind with another lifetime of moments, memories, lessons and stuff. If you have enough conversations, you create this more well-rounded being, which is one thing I'm really excited about going to America for because everyone has like a different perspective on life, different mindset, different way of life. So going to America, I'm just going to try and learn as much as possible, honestly, make content, learn as much as possible, come back, use that to create a com an epic shredding series, do that, compete, document that journey. And then from there, go somewhere else in the world and do it all again. I think... Um that's clearly like a, a good strategy from what I hear in terms of like trying to like branch out because the moment you pop up on someone else's YouTube channel who has a good following, you know, is that much more exposure for yourself and being in the same scene, reading the same stuff, clearly being somewhere else. Um, yeah. Like, you know, could clearly, um, clearly help you. Yeah. So like the idea of like showing up on someone else's vlog collaborations, um, it creates a different method of expansion. So like you can grow as much as you want by yourself, by the look of being on the explore page and all that kind of thing for the content that you create. But you'll be seen by the odd person here and there. Some person has put in the same effort as you and built these hundreds of thousands of followers. If you can somehow be featured on their channel, that is then that many more people to see you automatically rather than gradually. It happens really naturally. Like I've never actually like done a collaboration with someone for the number of their followers. Like I've just become friends with these people and then it happens so naturally, which is what subscribers can see. If you're friends with the person you're collaborating with, people see that as so much more natural and it's more of a it's a more organic way to do it. Because if you're just out there going to America just to purposely milk people's followers, they're gonna see that. Yeah. They're gonna know, like you're just here to milk my shit. Like it's obvious. 
But I'm not going for that. I'm really going to experience more life. And in doing so, if that's going to help my following grow, then great. You know, I know that if we go into America, it's going to help me because I'm going to have a different background, different life. And through my journey of taking that leap, someone else might be inspired by that, I hope, um, to go book their own flights to like take their own leaps and stuff you know make that happen just like the idea of doing it you know is i feel like a way of showing people that you are what you practice like you are the manifestation and the byproducts of everything you preach you're talking about you're talking about immersing yourself into life do it people see that and then they might do it themselves you know the extra content comes after that but it's the idea of doing all right awesome i think um I think to summarize from from my point of view, um, there's a clear thing in your like the way you think about how you approach things is very methodical, and um, I think that's the clear thing. If anyone took any anything from this podcast, is is just that that if you you have to really it's your life, so you have to really plan it and think about it and put things in motion, and then not just say things, actually do those things. Otherwise, you wouldn't really get where you think you're going to get to. I think a lot of people live in their minds that they think they're this person or they think one day I'm going to achieve this amazing success or do this amazing thing, but really none of the actions are leading to that. Yeah. And they keep staying this false thing, thinking that, but I'll get there in some magic way, you know? I, I, I believe it is all in the mind, but it's translating that mental activity into physical activity. Yeah. You know, if you can do that, if you can create everything you think, that thought that you thought about at four o'clock in the morning while falling asleep or waking up in the morning, if you can create that, those thoughts are the messages. Those thoughts are the secrets, the the little things that you're like asking for advice about. You already know. You're thinking about them every day. You know how to grow. You just di- you just need to do it. You just need to like all those little things you're thinking about, just make them a reality. Then there's a, there's a greater possibility if you get into the place that you want to be at by practicing what you preach. And being the person that you tell your friends about that you're going to be. You know, you tell your mom, I'm going to be this. You tell your friends, I'm going to do this. Stop telling people, just do it. And there's a good chance that through doing so, talking about it less and just acting, that you'll get closer. Awesome. I think um, if you enjoyed the show, just leave us a review. Let us know what you thought. I enjoyed the um, show. It was fun. Yeah. (laughs) And um, yeah, if if anyone has any suggestions about more things you want to hear about from other influencers or if anyone has any questions from Brandon, you can ask him. Um, How can people get in touch with you? DM, like Twitter, what do you use? My main social media platforms are YouTube and Instagram. Uh, My Instagram is Brandon Harbody and my YouTube is just Brandon Harding. Um, you can DM me on Instagram. I answer pretty much most of my DMs. I spend a considerable amount of time going through them. Um, so if anyone has any questions to ask about how to grow their social media, anything about from camera equipment, anything from editing styles, anything from all the kind of thing, all the little details that we did miss out, um, you can ask me on Instagram and I'll be more than happy to let you know. So DM me on Instagram and ask me any questions. I'll be more than happy to help you out.